podcast my name is rob and joining me as always is paul hi guys and we have a very special guest today please tell, say hello hello it's me Fab. Fab's i'm back, back. Fab's i'm back, back. <laughs> you you will recognize that monotone hello between a thousand sorry guys i just woke up 20 minutes ago <laughs> 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 and the difference between you waking up and going to sleep is what what does that sound like fab oh man i have no idea what does yeah, it sound exactly. like? <laughs> <laughs> and today's i thought it was a good idea to talk a little bit about travel traveling with your bike taking the plane with a bike box and all the hassles that comes with that speaking of traveling if you want to hear more about my COVID situation, um, booster jabs, um, the Japan update, uh, Storm Eunice cutting across Europe, taking us all out. Um, then you should listen to the pre-show. You can access the extended conversation at patreon.com forward slash Spin Society podcast or by subscribing directly on Apple Podcasts. But let's get into the show. Sounds Perfect. good. Sounds really good, yeah. First try. all right guys uh today i wanted to talk about how to travel with your bike especially when you're taking it into like to another country and you have to fly over there um and i figured out because just fabian just came back from singapore with his bike uh it would be a pretty good idea to ask him his experience don't do it, guys. <laughs> Just don't do it. It's fucking horrible. <laughs> uh, what did do? What? So, how did it go, basically? Yeah, what was horrible? Okay, so maybe let's go back to how long? How long have we known each other, Paul? Four years now, right? Four years, yeah. So four years. That was January, January twenty eighteen. I went to Japan from the Netherlands. I went to Japan, Singapore, and. Yeah, Japan, Singapore, Malaysia in January 2019, 2018, sorry, with my Dolan precursor at the time. Mm. And I was pretty nervous about flying with it because, you know, I was like, I don't want them to fuck it up. And I've got like this broken bike through all these three countries. So I, uh, yeah, my worries weren't enough for me to invest in like a hard case, um, yeah, bike bag. So I bought like a soft case bike bag from, I think it was Decathlon, Decathlon, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I bought like these really cheap yoga mats. And I cut them up and used them as like a, yeah, yeah, protection thing for the bike tubes and everything. But so that worked. It was just a lot of work in the end. Like unpacking and repacking took me like an hour, let's say. Mm. I'm sure people can do it faster, but this this was the first time for me. But just having to carry like this big sling bag with a bike in it and the wheels in it and everything alongside a suitcase with clothes, it was just the worst experience. Like it's just it's not is it. Like once I was there and had the bike out, you know, it was, I could say it was worth it, but just going to the airport with the bag, coming back from the airport with the bag and the bike and like walking in the airport with the bike and the bag, it's just so much effort. It's, it's so horrible. Yeah. And I don't know. It just, it, it seems like it, it's, it's like a tiny part of the trip, but it's just such like, I don't like airports in general. Like it's just, you know, not lots of stuff going on, but then having to carry the bike and then like the suitcase and deal with the passport it's just like another three things in my mind. Have you upgrade, upgraded your system now or did you just not like oh, to? No, I made it worse, actually. <laughs> oh, shit. How did you make it worse? So I, I this this time I went to Singapore to pick up a very special bike. Uh, actually, no, yeah, I picked up my little wing in Singapore. And because of that, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't risking fucking up the little wing that I've waited two years to pick up now because of COVID, um, I wasn't going to risk damaging it with the soft case bag. So I, instead I rented like this massive, massive hard case suitcase for a bike. Mm. And I told them like, yeah, my bike has an integrated uh, seat post. So I don't know if it will fit in your normal uh, bike <gasps> case. So then they, they gave me this massive one, like 
absolutely massive. I picked it up in Rotterdam and brought it back to my city. And at least six, seven, eight people commented on commented on the bike case, like in the train, on the streets. Like, oh, who are you carrying? Your family inside there? <laughs> like, shut the fuck up. It's for a little wing guy. You have no idea. And it's such a pain in the ass, that one. Like, I'll, I'll put a picture of it in the show notes so you can see how big it was. It was massive. Way too big for the little wing, which is like size 54. They must have thought like, it's like a Dutch bike, like 65 million centimeters high With or something. With the seat post in, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, have no, I have no idea. But I mean, it did the job in the end. It was padded inside. I didn't have to do anything, basically. I just put my clothes and like some stuff I bought in Singapore and it was safe. But yeah, again, having to lug around a massive case, not the best thing. Did this one have like solid wheels and did it stand up on its own? Yeah, it does yeah. actually. But the person I picked it up from, she thought it's like they, they rent out bike boxes to a lot of people. And she mm -hmm. was like, oh, you didn't come by car. You have to say, you know, we'll check the wheels when you come back because you, because of your deposit. This was not meant to be rolling outside, only inside, indoors. What, what, the, what the fuck is the point what? of having six million <laughs> wheels if I can't roll it outside? So I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll carry it. It's never going to touch the ground outside. So as I, I carry it around the corner from the person's <laughs> place, I just, you know, out of sight, I just use the, I just put it on the ground and start dragging it. And Did you I, get your I, deposit back? Yeah, I got the full deposit back, actually. <laughs> so she didn't really check it. I think she was in a rush, but I, I checked today and I got the full deposit back. It was like 300 yes. euros or something. <gasps> so oh, like 300 euros of deposit? Yeah. So the Shit, I paid 85 for renting the bike suitcase for 10 days, which is pretty good, that's actually. Yeah, that's but the deposit was 300 and I was like... She told me it's a new bike case, so anything that's wrong with it, that will be your fault. I'm like, I'm, it's going to be in a plane. Of course, it's going to have scratches and that's maybe the like... the idea of the case. Yeah, to right. protect the bike. Do like, you, you, you yeah. need a case for the case? <laughs> you the need bike. a case for the case. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, in the end, I got my bike back safe and everything. It, it, I mean, that, it was worth it because it, it's a special bike for me. And yeah, it worked, but... You're telling me that you rented that gigantic case just to put one frame in it one frame and i actually just like impromptu i bought like some archetypes in singapore <laughs> randomly <And> they, were, <laughs> they were like archetypes laced to mac hubs and i was like 300, 300 euros oh no 280 euros sure why not put them well, in the bag you were there and you had a box big enough <laughs> yeah, yeah i was like any other wheel sets anything else you can give me i need to fill up the box you can see how big it is the family <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so i i so actually, I used the bike case. It was so big. I didn't even have another suitcase. I just put all my clothes and everything in there. And I still had a bunch of space to spare. Which... Yeah, that, that's what I do. I always, I always take hand luggage in my bike bag. And then yeah. it's always a taxi. If, a if I'm going, I have to budget for taxi to the airport. Because I, 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 it is a fucking pain in the ass to carry a bike bag for i know airports are not that big and actually quite comfortable to walk across but actually carrying lugging a bike bag even a couple of, a couple of minutes is effort yeah so if, if you've got to go to the underground or you've got to go to a public transport or you've got to get on it it's it's not nice at no. all at all so that's what i had to do with the massive one recently yeah. i took the bus and i took the train and i took oh like God. elevators and everyone kept looking at me like i'm, oh I'm a drug God. dealer or something which i might as well have been mm -hmm. but yeah, the taxi was going to be like 120 euros. I'm like, ah, I'll just, yeah, that's, I'll just that's, suck it up. That's, yeah, that's yeah. a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. Besides that, Wells, I mean, it could have been worse. Like in the end, traveling by bike is kind of like a privilege, you know, like it's a special thing that's not supposed to be easy, I guess. But I'm sure Paul has like better ways with like, what's that one company that makes those bags you can carry on, the, on like the bike bag you can carry as a backpack? Oh, freight baggage. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I use uh, I use a soft uh, bag, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take your idea of uh, yoga mats because that's yeah I like really that idea. cool yeah, yeah. Uh, because right now so I'm using so it's basically a gigantic backpack right, and so I put the frame uh, and fork apart. And they have their own dedicated um, space section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. section. And then I put the wheels on each side, but to not destroy my bike or uh, my back 
or the, just the the bag itself, I put cardboard between every layer, basically. So between the first wheel and the frame, between the frame and the second wheel, etc. Uh, but it's fully soft. So mm. if I roll it up completely, it can fit uh, on my Chrome backpack. I just roll it and it looks like a gigantic uh, yoga mat, basically. <laughs> but so it rolls it works. up perfectly like that. That's cool. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's really expensive for what it is because I'm, I'm super lucky I got it for really cheap because I was just randomly talking about it uh, at a cafe. I was like, oh, I, I would really like like something to travel with because at the time I was going back and forth to Korea a lot. And one dude was like, oh, I have one. I can sell it to you if you want. I'm like, okay, yeah, why not? How much do you want to sell it? Like, well, I'll sell it for cheap because it stinks, like, a lot. What of? And what, what do you mean it stinks? It's like, I don't know. It just, it just stinks. And I think it was <laughs> something like cat pee or, or yeah, something oh, like that. Oh, that stinks. Yeah, yeah that just and, and even after putting it through several times into the washing machine, it was still like that. And I have it probably five years later. And it still stinks a little bit, <laughs> um, but it's okay now. Uh, and, and and yeah, but even that is pretty expensive. I think at the time, new it was six hundred, between six and seven hundred. Jesus, but Christ. a bike case, a hard bike case, can go way yeah. up than that. No. Yeah, then, it can. Then eight hundred. Yeah. yeah, there's a couple for two and a half, three grand. What the fuck? What do they do? Do they the, ride themselves or something? I, I borrowed one off a bike shop in Newcastle at one one year, and um, it's a hard case with four wheels, or six wheels, in fact. So it's like a tank. It stands up perfectly on its own, <laughs> and then it opens like a suitcase, like right down the center. It has a single compartment for every bike. In, in, you know, you can you can even put the bottom bracket onto the, the holder and the floor. Ah, like that. The so it like fits in like that. And then on the outside, the whole thing is, uh, it, it comes with this hand pump and the outsides inflate. So the whole bag itself, it becomes this like inflatable bag on the, so it's, everything's packed in this air. So it's like, uh, you blow the sides up and it's a completely blown up bag. And, um, it, it then you deflate it when you get to the other side and you can literally just push it in the, the airport and it like just wheels in front of you it's really well made to be honest crazy yeah yeah i've used one of the i used that one a couple of times but again that's hard to get in and out of taxis and you have to have but you could take that on the train i think quite as long as there's a lift and then a train you'd be quite easy to wheel that on and off you don't have to you know have your hands on it all the time which is a good thing yeah yeah the thing with the backpack type is it's you have to carry it all the time yeah well, that's one of the elements, I think, isn't it? Like, because you can get a soft bag, you can get a soft bag, but with wheels, which I think is a bit pointless because it doesn't stand up so well and you've got to still drag it. Then yeah. I think a hard case with wheels makes sense, but that limits where you can take it. Soft bags definitely are much, much heavier because you've got to carry it constantly. But like you said, mine, mine also rolls down and then I put a couple of straps around it and it can strap to a backpack. So I can yeah. get off a plane and I can build my bike in the airport if I have to, and then r- ride from there and still carry my bag, which is which is a handy element to have. Um, there's a lot to think about, I think, when you're choosing a bike bag. Like a soft case one is obviously it's way more convenient, even mm. like when you're not using it, it's so much easier to store and everything. Yeah, especially exactly. for for people like I guess like Paul and me, where space is kind of you know in limited supply. Let's say at home. Yeah. Having a massive hard case uh, suitcase isn't really a, an option. Yeah. And if you pack the bike frame right, even a soft case can be just as, well, not just as uh, protective as a hard case one, but it can do the job good enough yeah. anyway. I'm pretty happy with my soft case at the minute because it's, 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 um, it's a Planet X one. I got it on uh, like Gumtree or like eBay for, I think, 40 bucks like secondhand really cheap 
uh, it's padded, but it's not super padded. But what I really like about it is the wheels have their own pockets on each side. So when you put the when you put both of the wheels in and zip them up within their padded pockets, that's actually quite a lot of padding before you even put the frame into the bike into the bag. Oh. Sorry, so it almost cushions itself. It's re, it's a, and and I just have a bunch of um, white plastic foam that you get when you buy a brand new bike out of a box. Ah, yeah. And I just mm-hmm. put that and I, and that sits in the bag. So every time I I just wrap all of that around the forks around this every two basically and then put that into a big carrier bag so i've got some loose carrier bags that that i got frames in put wrap it in two of those and then my bike bag has like a a bunch of other pockets inside of it for tools seat post uh other components and other bits and then i put my clothes bags into soft clothes bags inside of that when i'm traveling to pack package pad that out even more and it makes and, and i've never been i'm quite like the setup at the moment it's heavy but uh if you get a trolley at the airport as well yeah true yeah i think i think that's this is one of the things where you really have to kind of experiment and see what works best for you right yeah like, exactly yeah what do we think of those like is is yours paul one of the 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 like mash size ones that yeah. is is still under uh, still the same size as a large bag. I mean, it's uh, yeah. It so you don't have to pay the extra. No, you have to. Uh, I mean, on on uh, a whole lot of long distance flight, I didn't have to because it just looks like a. It's a little bit bigger, but it's thinner than a suitcase. Mm. So it's okay. The only time I had to pay on a long flight was was United. Because those fuckers, as long as it is a bike, you have a $200 fee. $200? $200. Yeah. Fuck as long yeah. as it is a bike. But you don't have to tell them if the bike is the bag's smaller than the. I mean, a they, bike bag. It, it goes through X-ray, so... <laughs> Yeah, that's you know. true. A racket. Two hundred dollars. So, yeah, that's that's bad. One direction. But one direction. One yeah. direction. <laughs> I mean, I I didn't have to pay for that <laughs> because uh, I was I was traveling with uh, the shop I was working for, so they paid for that. But yeah, that was yeah that was that was bad. But so most of the time, I mean, every time expect that time that was easy. Um, for shorter distance flight, uh, like within Europe, uh, I constantly have to pay a bike fee. Within Europe, even. Yeah. Yeah. EasyJet and Ryanair are like roughly 50, 50 euros per flight. Oh, yeah. yeah, right. But EasyJet and Ryanair, you have an option when you're uh, getting your plane ticket, right? When you're buying it on their website. But there is so many websites and there are so many companies that are just so fucking shady about it. And hmm. they're like, oh, yeah, call us or I don't know, email us, contact us. I'm like, no, I just want to click the button, add a fucking bike. Yeah, exactly. Because, I don't want to talk yeah. to anyone. <laughs> and if you don't do it, because I guess they, they think they have to save some extra cargo space. Yeah. If you don't do it and you just show up, on the day with your biggest bag they're like oh what is this and you're like it's a bike oh you didn't tell us before no okay here's the fee and it's really really high yeah because like paul and i like i was thinking of going down to to the south of france to meet you right with the bike in january and then i was going to go with klm because they had like the only direct flight from amsterdam to i think it was bordeaux or something Uh and they said like, yeah, you have to add the bike after you, like when you book the flight, hmm. but it depends on the availability of space on the flight of that, <laughs> on that flight, if you can take your bike on, but you can only see the availability once you book the flight. So I'm like on the phone and they're saying, yeah, you have to book the flight first, and then we can see if there's any space for you, for you to reserve a spot for your bike. I'm like, if I can't reserve a spot for my bike, I don't want to book the flight. So what the fuck do I do? And like, it was such a dumb, like, you know, like just like round and round through all these hoops 
for no reason, just because it's in, in like a policy or something. I, and yeah. I guess the, it's the same as the UK trains. You you can't book a bike spot until you book the train, and you don't know the availability of the bike spots until you've booked the train ticket. It's like catch twenty two situation. Yeah, it's like a catch twenty two. Yeah, but yeah. I think generally on planes that they've always got a, an allowance for you know quite a bit of sporting equipment. So the the chances would be like maybe there's a team of skiers or something, or surf there's like a, a surfing event or something, but most of the time yeah you will get it but it's just such a silly system it could make it much easier in this day and age to fly with a bike i mean it's not you know it's not that complicated yeah if they can show how many available seats there are on the plane they can show how many available bike spots there are on in the same same plane yeah Yeah. Yeah. i'm gonna go into a rant here but last time it was a while ago but i think this winter i booked um uh, a train ride from Paris to the south of France because uh, I had some job interviews, Sarah. And when I take the train, I don't need the entire like bike case and everything. I just put my bike. I mean, I disassemble the two wheels. I put everything into garbage bags, and then I just board the the train like that. Mm. And so I do that. I go past the door, and the guy's like what is this? I'm like, it's a bike. It's like, oh, you guys can't do that anymore. It's like, what do you mean? I've been doing this for years now. It's like, yeah, but now because there's more and more bikes, um, you can't do that. So either you pay, I think it's 10 euros fee to, to board with your bike, but still fully assemble, mm. or you need a proper case. I'm like, okay, then I'll I'll pay the, the 10 euros fee. And it's like, no, you can't pay it right now. Now it's 50 euros. <gasps> okay. 10 to the company, 40 to me. <laughs> and, and I'm like, okay. And it's like, yeah, there is two spots per train. Oh my Can God. you believe that? There is two fucking spots for bikes per train. How, how, can we get up it, is that? how can we get it so wrong still? I mean, just provide fucking bike spots on trains and make it easy for people. I'm joining <laughs> your rant. I'm with you. I'm with you. It pisses <laughs> me off. Germany was the same. It was like you can either you, you there's not there's no bike spots on the on the train, so you can't take your bike on. But put it into a bag. Oh yeah, that's not a problem. That's not the same size as my giant bag is not the same size and carrying that through a fucking train to 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 put it somewhere is not the same as just putting my bike on the train. <laughs> what, 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 what the fuck, man? Sorry, sorry. It's like in, yeah, yeah, and I feel like in Germany especially like the car culture is so big and they're trying to like yeah. punish you for not having a car, but then you're yeah. taking the train. So what's what's the point? Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. It's just, backwards and and yeah the whole system is a bit backwards i think <laughs> we all have to look at like denmark and the netherlands for bike infrastructure absolutely absolutely yeah but so yeah there is definitely fees uh into many many uh uh companies airplane companies and it's pretty rare to find a company that is just gonna be okay yeah you can take your bike no problem on that note, I will add that BMX people are mm. so lucky because yeah, for years yeah. now they they put the frame into a golf, uh, a golf club bag, right, yeah. and they put the wheels into like a, a regular suitcase, and they, they can just go through, and nobody is asking question. If you're carrying golf clubs, which is a deadly weapon, it is fine. Take it on the plane. If you're taking a bike. Hell no, you're going to have to pay for that. <laughs> they must think that everyone who rides a bike for fun must be rich or something. Yeah. Is, is that what you were going to say, Rob? No, I was just going to say the, the BMX bike bags. I mean, the 20-inch wheel makes a huge difference. Yeah. You, the the few brands, Odyssey, we, the people, they do really nice uh, BMX bike bags and super compact padded wheels, and it's like carrying... 
not even a large suitcase, like a, a regular size suitcase on wheels through the airport. It's it's and yeah, yeah, we did it a lot. I traveled a lot with my BMX when I was younger, and there wasn't such a bike bag around. I used to use actually an old ice hockey bag, uh, which worked um, quite nicely. But um, yeah, never had a problem with the BMX really, and it's it's yeah, traveling with BMX was much easier. You could just take it to a regular yeah. check-in and just check it in. It's a nice hockey bag. Yeah. But all of that is traveling with a BMX or a track bike. Can you imagine traveling with gears and like that real Ooh, flimsy yeah. derailleur hanger that's going to break at any time? Carbon discs and stuff. Fuck yeah. no. Yeah. Fuck no. Like in situations like that, I think that's when most people understand that it's worth investing like a proper bike yeah, case yeah like yeah, soft yeah. or hard but like a like a proper one yeah yeah I, I wouldn't go around uh with a full-on road bike was my soft case i believe mm. or i would be really 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 careful i don't know just the fact that the bike it kind of is kind of standing on its own weight and the derailleur is at the very bottom of that I would be like, hell no. Yeah, I think <laughs> ideally you would, I would like at least take the derailleur off. And I think just I'd take, take the derailleur off, yeah. And take yeah. like an extra uh, derailleur hanger just in case, because those are. I mean, how much do you guys break down your bikes as well? Because I, I pack my gloves in there and some fresh grease in there. And I often take my chain off, put it into a separate bag because it's a split link. And I, I sometimes take the cranks out so it just the bike sits nicer on the bottom bracket or pad around the chain ring itself in the frame mm -hmm. so it's like sitting uh wheels off definitely depends on sometimes i take off my forks and headset and stem and then it's it's just a much easier it's, it's more of a build when i get somewhere and i hate building a bike without a work stand but you know at least you can put the grease back in it's clean i clean it before i break the bike down clean all the components clean the headset and then when i get to the location i you know do it i take my time and put it back together the best i can i don't know it's literally the do. opposite of what i do <laughs> <laughs> i'm just i'm just Taking both wheel off, uh, taking the seat post with the saddle, and then the stem was the um, uh, was the handlebar. I take off the fork, and then <laughs> and then I just slap all of that in there, and I just spray. <laughs> no, I take the seat post out clean. I because I I have nice work gloves and also two rags. One really dirty rag and a regular rag <laughs> because I just hate the inside of the bag has my clothing in and all my personal stuff as well. So for me, it's, I, I, that's why I take the chain off. I clean I put that into a sealed bag, then clean the frame and take the bottom bracket out and uh, to take the crank set out and whatnot. And then it's fully clean. So when I build it back up, I can grease it so that nothing in the bag ever gets dirty because before when I did it in the past, I was lazy and you leave the chain just hanging off and then there's oil in the bottom of the bag and it's yeah it starts to get manky and you have it for a few years mm. so no, I, I try and strip <laughs> it down as much as possible now <laughs> i guess i just do it the other way i just slap the bike in there and i put all my clothes into plastic bags mm. but, but then the, then yeah the bags i get, get super yeah. greasy when i take it all <laughs> take it down and then pull it up again it's like my hands get black literally um but i have cotton bar tape so after a few kilometers they clean again <laughs> <Fucking hell. laughs> but yeah Look, i worked as a mechanic for a long time and i i you know i hate oil in my skin it takes for it like proper bad i don't like it i like to yeah keep it keep my hands clean if i can yeah i mean i also worked as a mechanic and For me, having my hands dirty has never been so much of a big deal, but the the degreaser or brake cleaner, those kind of products, mm. oh, dude, they are like 100% cancer. Mm. Those are bad. 
And yeah, I used to wash my hands with that. So I mean, don't get me wrong, my hands were dirty for years, but now that I'm older, it's just like no, I don't. I don't, don't want. I came back anymore. to the British land. My hands need to be clean for my cup of tea. <laughs> I actually like your British accent, Paul. <laughs> what grease do you got? What uh, grease do you guys buy? Oh man, that's um, a personal question. I don't know if I'm answering that. <laughs> Okay, Fab, you go first. Oh, for the bike. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, well, for the bike. I had to buy. So for my little wing, which is titanium, I had to. I was asking. Excuse me, it is titanium. It's titanium. You guys are privileged to be talking to me, okay? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no, I was asking in the server, like, what grease should I use? Because I think Hold I was reading on. some. Let's skip the grease. You've bought finally a little wing titanium. Yeah, I bought that it two is, years ago. That <laughs> is, and you, no, but you got it now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What's so, it like? I, have, I still need to build it up because oh! I I pressed the headset in myself yesterday or two days ago with the help of Paul on FaceTime. Uh-huh. So I bought like the headset press and everything. I used it. I cleaned it. I returned the press. <laughs> 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 I got the money back actually just now, like two hours ago for it. But um, so now I have the wheel set, I have the cranks, Sugino 75 <sighs> direct drive on my big block that I need to transfer over. Um, I got the fork from Diego, Paul's friend. I got that fork two years ago. It's a rim brake fork, which will do for now. But I want to use a disc brake on the mm. little wing, which is kind of a pain in the ass, to be honest, but I want to do it. Um, but yeah, besides that, I need to. I'm, so now I'm waiting for the Chris King base plate so I can put that on the fork, add the fork, and then everything else kind of falls into place by itself. But yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to 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 use it. I like, like how you just spent like the day just doing the headset, just pressing the headset. Yeah, I was like, I was like, damn, I don't want to pay some guy fifty euros just to press the headset, something that seems pretty easy. But at the same time, I'm like, if I press it wrong, I'm fucking everything up. So I was like weighing the, the pros and cons and yeah, yeah. with Paul on my side, I managed to do it. <laughs> so, so is it tapered one inch, uh, one fifth? Yeah. Uh, yeah no, it's would... one, one and a half inch and one, one eight or something yeah, like that. Okay. Yeah. And you've got a nice Chris King in there. Yeah. So I got the Chris mm. King, uh, uh, yeah, like two weeks ago or three weeks ago and I pressed mm. it and it looks good. Um, ideally, like my original plan was to have like Mac hubs and then a Hope headset, but then uh-huh. with Brexit, I'm like, oh, okay, like, I guess no, no, then no, no business for you, Hope. Sorry. It's it's pain- of America instead. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, yeah, it was like, it's a pain in the ass to get the Hope headset here right now. But I oh, found the Chris terrible. King I used one for 80 euros, which is like crazy. I mean, not crazy. It was a good price. But yeah, I was kind of like ashamed because I wanted to get the Hope one for, for, for real. And then Mac, I heard, has like a really long lead time right now. Like someone in the Discord is waiting since five months for their hubs, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, Sick. I waited two years, two and a half years for my bike and I don't, I don't want to wait any longer. So now <laughs> I got the archetypes laced to Max for 280. I'll just use that for now. Nice. And yeah, let's see. Exciting. Yeah, cool. That is cool. It's fucking cool. It's fun. Coming back on the grease. What Sorry, are you yes, because I'm about to order some grease. So come on, let's get back on the grease. Yeah, so about the grease, I apparently you cannot use regular bike grease. I mean, that's what people say online. I emailed um, number twenty two directly, and they said like, in our experience, you know, like bike specific copper grease is the, is the best. But if you get bike specific regular grease and you apply it a generous amount, it should be fine as well. But in the end, I got copper grease and it looks cool. It looks nice. Makes me want to eat it. But yeah. <laughs> For I eat and treat. Yeah, it, it looks like it looked like, like a nice like candy or something. And when I opened the, the little can, like, oh man, <laughs> had to had to keep myself from doing something dumb. But I use copper grease now for the little wing, yeah. But besides okay. that, I think I use yeah, I, I use um muckoff. I bought like a big tube like two years ago and I still use that one. Okay. What okay. color is it? Is purple. it the red one? Oh, the purple one, yeah. It, it smells like bubble gum, apparently. Yeah, that's nice, isn't it? Satisfying <laughs> to use that stuff, Also right? dangerous for me. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> I'm totally with you on that one, though. But yeah, it's eco-friendly and everything. It's uh, easy to is wash it? off. Yeah, it's like you can just pour it down the drain, apparently. 
Oh. That's what they say. Just because you don't want it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll buy muck off. What do you use, uh, Rob? I did have Fenwick. Uh-huh. Do you know that brand? Nope. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. nope. I felt like that, uh, that, that uh-huh was like, I've got it. it's a, I, I don't know where it comes from, but a few of the bike shops that I used to work at had it. And uh, it's not as tasty as Muckoff. I mean, it's not as nice as Muckoff, <laughs> but um, it's because you know what? I don't like uh, personally, I, I know copper grease is the best. Um, and I know um, Park Tool, the, 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 anti-seize not the anti-seize the the white one is the best as well but i much prefer when i'm doing my own bikes to use the the more like muck off style the like transparent gel Mm. than Mm -hmm. using a a white i know it's a weird thing but like the white gets dirty uh quicker and it looks more disgusting when you have to take it apart and stuff and it kind of goes everywhere where the clear stuff feels like it goes on thicker and kind of sets in its place but does that make sense yeah i guess, yeah, yeah. I guess it makes sense like it's a personal thing in the end right if you i mean especially, especially if you're like a like a bike mechanic then you really have like the grease that you're most yeah. acquainted with and you know what's best and everything but because yeah i also I, heard that copper right. grease really if you get get it on your shirt and it will never yeah. come out yeah yeah exactly yeah so that's definitely not a grease for me then. Yes, I, I do my I built my bike naked now just in case. So no risk. <laughs> just gloves. Just, <laughs> just gloves. gloves yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta protect my hands. Yeah. Um okay. Uh on my part I use um I tried a bunch. Um uh but I used uh Teflon grease for a long time. Hmm. Uh it, uh, it it was it's like the old Campagnolo grease. It's all white and uh, creamy. Um, <laughs> you know? Yummy, yummy. Um, and uh, it worked pretty good. Um, and then right now I am trying um, for. I'm still using Teflon grease, but for everything that is threaded, uh, I used uh, silicone grease. Mm. Whoa. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fancy right yeah, it sounds, sounds fancy it sounds like i can't even afford to listen to it <laughs> with a titanium bike come on. <laughs> <laughs> that's where all the money went i have nothing left yeah. <laughs> well yeah I, i've tried i'm trying a bunch of stuff uh, uh at the moment i've i i, I have yet to try all the makov stuff um and i also have a friend he bought he bought like I think it's three kilos of grease from Fiat wow. <laughs> because Fiat does grease. It's Diego, and, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's not Diego. <laughs> so it could Diego. definitely be Diego though, uh, and uh, and apparently it works well too. So just like yeah, car grease. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what I always thought. Like for for regular bike building, you can just use grease, like grease, like um any mechanical grease should be fine. But then when I yeah. messaged number 22, they said like bike, they specifically said bike specific grease. So I don't really know if there's like a fundamental difference between them or if it's just marketing or a bit of both because. A bit of both, I think. Yeah. I guess, I guess it's a bit of both, but I can also see that uh, onto some places, the grease would have to be thinner because the tight on the the fit on a bike is usually tighter than the one you can have on a car between certain parts i don't know do you, do you guys want to hear a funny story yes <laughs> um when i was a kid and uh riding bmx a lot and there was a bit you know a nice scene in newcastle and a few of the older lads gareth in particular was a good mechanic and he used to help us like just modify the bikes, like take the gyros off and put like proper headsets in and, and make it m- more rideable because we didn't re- have any idea what we we're doing. And I'm sure as a wind up, they were like, oh, you can you can use uh, when you change your headset, you can use uh, butter. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck no. So, so, so I'm in my backyard and I've like taken my headset out 
and I've got my mom's not even butter, margarine. <laughs> and I'm like with a table knife or a bread knife, and I'm like smearing it inside of this headset. Fabrics, oh, no. and it's just like, and it's a hot day, and it's just running down. And I'm like trying to keep it all in, so I'm putting more and more in, and then I, you know, tighten up the headset, and then. I rode it for like a day and it just seized. <laughs> of course. Just all run out of and it course. was just smelling so bad. <laughs> and it was just everywhere. It was horrible. They must have been like, we were fucking joking, man. <laughs> yeah, they were. They were just like, what the fuck? Butter. So oh, I actually yeah. put butter in my headset. I think I was about 14. <laughs> oh, man. And you know what? I still do it to this day. It's yeah. tradition now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there were unsealed bearings and everything do you know what i mean it was like oh god that's yeah. the, those are the worst so it was like a one inch bmx headset with unsealed bearings terrible. terrible yeah if you if you don't if you're not part of a blue lock shop then you don't use the the fill with grease that costs so much money oh yeah they always use the fill with grease in their videos don't they yeah, they do. <laughs> After the video, okay, put it back in safe. Never touch it again. <laughs> Get out the car grease. <laughs> the 10 kilo tub. Uh, but it oh. smells pretty good though. The fill hood grease, it smells pretty good. Like like a like a tank station? No, like a more like an aftershave. Ooh. <laughs> Keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> So you wear it as an aftershave? Or? You could. <laughs> yeah. Phil Wood, just for men. <laughs> just for men. <laughs> for your hubs and your beard. Smell like Phil after a ride. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, no. <sighs> um, so, yeah, Greece, I'm going to order myself. Uh, thanks for the link. I will order some muck off. And not eat it, resist from eating it. <laughs> it smells pretty nice, man. but yeah, really I does. think yeah, I think it's pretty good. It does what I mean. It's a grease in the end; like it cannot do much more than any other grease. But yeah, yeah. People do use. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna extend on that uh, even a little bit longer to grease, but people do use specific grease for uh, carbon to carbon friction. So if you have like a carbon frame and a carbon seat post, you actually need to use a special grease. Yeah, like carbon paste. Yeah, I mean, yeah, carbon paste, yeah. Yeah, I use That's that on I'm my headsets. I use carbon paste on, on, on my carbon steers all the time. Oh, interesting. Or, uh, that sort of a lot of the big, that a lot of the good mechanics said, because, you know, you've got an aluminium Thompson stem against the carbon steerer, you should use a carbon paste there more than you uh, uh, more than a grease because it oh. just it just gels it nicely together and they hold together since both of you are mechanics or ex-mechanics i need to ask a question mm -hmm. so you know how, how a trek madone looks like right like no cables mm -hmm. anywhere mm -hmm. all integrated so if i wanted to do that with my single front disc brake on the little wing i would have to either buy like the full integrated set you know like the the stem the handlebars the fork like a few companies make them nowadays i think like fsa and data and yeah, it costs a bunch of yeah. money or i drill a tiny hole in the, the steerer tube of a carbon fork and do it myself i need i need some opinions on this i mean you mean like fully integrated like yeah for the the, um, the disc brake cable but you would but you, also which, need to which fork have you got then I've I've got I've got like a random carbon fork fork from Diego. But does it have a cable run already in it? No, that's the thing. So like you, I would run the cable from the the cal you know the caliper the yeah the brake the handbrake through the handlebars through the stem down the steerer tube, and then through the hole in the steerer tube steer tube down the leg into the uh -huh. caliper. But the only thing I would have to do is. Yeah, like drill a, like a hole in the steerer tube, and in the in the, and in the handlebar. Too. Yeah, I've got like the handlebars that like the have the integrated cable run through thingy. Ah, so and and the lever itself, the cable goes through the lever, I assume. Yeah. 
Oh, perfect. So like so everything then... is is as it's supposed to be. Like it's all out of the factory mm-hmm. for the system. The only thing that's not would be the fork, which I would have to drill myself, which is kind of yeah, scary. Uh, no, the bottom of the fork should still have a hole in it. Yeah. No, it's it. It's the. Um, Ah, um, where the stem goes into the fork. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but you also you, need a, oh, yeah, you, two holes. You also then. need an, another hole at the yeah. bottom, right? Yeah, the yeah. bottom of the steerer tube and the top of, top of the yeah, steerer tube. I think it'd be fine to drill those holes. Because, yeah, I was like thinking, I was talking to Gifted Other in the Discord channel, and he was like, like the, the forks that Trek Madone uses to have the system, what makes them different from me doing this myself? Like, in the end, it's a carbon fork with a ho- with like two holes. And it's not like they make these forks differently to have like a hole. So do you want to go through the, the, the leg of the fork as well or just come out of the bottom of the steerer and go da- and then go down the back of the fork? So it already has a hole at the... Like the, the, the fork I'm thinking of would already have like a hole. A hole at the top and a hole at the bottom of the leg. Yeah, like a hole yeah. at the top of the leg, but like on the outside, of course. Yeah, got you, got you. And then so I would change it to the inside. To- I don't know if you can do that because a lot of the carbon forks have some kind of padding or packaging or something inside them to to cool the shape originally. Mm. Like we we took apart a pair of carbon forks the other day and it had like a cardboard insert and a plastic bag around the cardboard insert to hold the shape, to hold the hollow bit inside of it. So you might, it's possible to drill a hole on the inside, uh, but fishing it, back through to the hole at the bottom coming out might be tricky it's 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 definitely possible but it's tricky they sound hollow but they're not most of the time Mm. yeah there's there's hollow bits in them but they're not just like a perfect outer shell it's quite like the shape of the structure on the inside is as complicated as the structure on the outside like that's also one concern of mine like how difficult it would be but also the main concern is whether that would like doing it myself would um mess with the integrity of the the fork in terms of how no, stable it is. No, like I think it would be fine. I think the strength of the fork would be fine with yeah. one clean hole in it. Yeah. And but you because... can also get carbon drill bits as well. So mm. make sure you get a carbon drill bit. I mean, yeah, what Paul would you also risk? I... Huh? What would you risk? I mean, like it's worst case somehow. scenario, it, it cracks, but it's not going to snap under you. No? Probably not. <laughs> no, it would just crack. Yeah. I mean, like, like Paul knows how I ride, and I, I just go, I just go straight and fast, basically. So I, don't, I don't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't jump or, but yeah. So I mean, it's something like an idea I'm toying with right now as well, because I think that would look nice. Yeah, I mean, all integrated is cool, but it just—it's a hassle. It just costs so much money if you want to do it properly. Yeah, that's why. Like, I, I, instead of doing it properly, I would just, you know buy everything normal and then drill the holes myself which is kind yeah. of like yeah i mean I'll, I'll i'll think about it some more i mean the end is one cable only so it can it wouldn't look you know horrible but wouldn't look nice either we completely sidetracked from bike travel did we we did but I, I like it i like it bike travel okay let's see we had an episode on track packing i think that's probably the best way to travel you just use the bike don't pack you just it. Just use the bike. Yeah, but what? What if I want to go to ride on an island? What do I do? Fuck an you. island is all right. What do you mean? <laughs> I mean, Fabian is just saying, just ride your bike where you, you want, want to travel. I mean, but... Like a ferry, you can take a ferry, right? There is no. <laughs> <laughs> with with bike packing, I think there's two options, isn't there? You can fly your bike with a bag, like we discussed but like a bigger bag, I guess, for bikepacking because you've got a lot more shit. And then you do a, a circle. So like you set off on a journey and you do like, I don't know, 500 kilometers, but you end up back at the airport. So you pick your bike back up, your bike bag back up. Yeah. That's what a lot of people do. Or I, in the past, put my bike, borrowed, took a, an old bike box, like a cardboard box yeah. from, from the bike shop and then package it in that, fly out, cut that up and get rid of that in the airport and then set off on your journey. And when you know where you're going to end in a city, just ask them for a bike box and do the same at the other side. Yeah. Bike box is definitely an option though. Yeah. yeah. 
probably the cheapest option out of all of them. And it's super yeah. cheap, exactly. Yeah, you just need a, a good uh, a roll of parcel tape just to close it back up properly. And mm. if you if you do it properly, and if you compact it really nicely and pad it really nicely, you can actually make it. I think smaller than uh, a bike bag. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you do it, if you take everything off in a bike box and it fits properly, it's, it's really small, I think. Yeah. Really small. Uh, one trick I learned also, and it worked once and it also didn't work once, but uh, <laughs> I was flying and the woman asked me uh, if it's a bike and I'm like, no, it's actually a more of a showpiece because it's going to a museum. Oh, yeah. It's just like, yeah. oh, okay. And then they don't make you pay a bike fee. And another time <laughs> I was like using the same technique. Uh, no, it's more of a, a showpiece. You know, it's meant to be in a museum. She was like, oh, okay. Let me see what I can do. It's like, okay, I have that spot for $500, really yeah. secure. And like, hell no. It's yeah. not a big museum. It's not that important. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have to ride it to the museum. So. <laughs> uh, My, so the uh, museum bit kind of works sometimes. <laughs> I guess who you get on the day, yeah. Yeah. I feel like with my luck, with my luck, if I tried that, they would be like, "Oh, let me check with my manager real fast," and then they'll get the manager, and then they'll fuck me or something. <laughs> I uh, where was it? Where I think last time I went to Berlin, the first time I went to Berlin, and uh, there was a problem with the. I tried to book it last minute online, like we were saying earlier. Add your bike last. Obviously, you check availability and i forgot and i was like oh fuck it was like within 24 hours and there was a problem it wouldn't load and i was pretty stressed so when i got to the airport i was just like here's my bike and they were like basically if you haven't booked it on you can't bring your bike on i was like oh no and then mm -hmm. because we're having a problem with the system and i was like yeah but i definitely booked it on and i think the reason why i couldn't book it on was there was a problem with the system i was there almost 45 minutes with another person with a big bag i don't it was some sporting equipment and we were just giving them like we're being nice but being quite direct like what what do you expect me to do i can't leave my bike here and in the end we both got our bikes on for free or whatever huh. it was yeah we just well, nice. uh, yeah it was a, a good outcome for a, a lot of stress for 45 minutes yeah, yeah i can imagine yeah. You know, you don't want that hassle when you get the airport that you no. don't have the ticket for your bike. You're like, oh, no, no. Paul, do you remember 2018, like January? I was there with my with my precursor and my bike bag. And on the day of my flight, there was like this massive like snowstorm in Tokyo. Yeah. Like it snowed and no one expected it somehow. And then everything, all the trains were delayed. Everything was like clogged up with people. And I was in like... Shinjuku, which is like the world's busiest train station or something. Three million uh, people per day. Yes, yeah, so I was there Whoa. with my suitcase and my fucking bike bag and people were like, it was like an actual stampede. Like I couldn't move. The people were pushing me forward. I was separated from my girlfriend and they were just pushing us along. I couldn't turn around or do anything. It was like, the, it was like really like horrible, horrible day and experience. And I was there with, I'm like the, the foreigner with a bike bag and a suitcase in the middle of these thousands and thousands of people who cannot get home because of some snow that disrupted the entire system in Tokyo. So again, that's like part of why I'm like a bit, you know, standoffish from traveling with a bike. Yeah. Understandable. In the meantime, I was enjoying my parallax into 30 centimeters of snow with 25 C tires. I had a lot of fun that day. <laughs> yeah, you don't need a you don't need a train or anything then. You have your bike. Yeah, well, I was coming back from Osaka and the bike the sorry, the train got delayed like 45 minutes, but we got there now. And I'm at the train station and I look at local trains in Tokyo like the equivalent of the subway, right? But most of them are outside. And 
it's all clogged up, like you said. So I'm like, you know what? I'll just take my bike there. So go outside the station, put my bike all together, and then start to ride. And I think I ate shit after five meters. And it went on for uh, two hours. I was just trying to go home. And my place was literally 20 minutes away with usual condition but it took me two hours oh my god i was frozen to death but it was a lot of fun (laughs) Uh, you can actually i have a picture of my parallax in the snow if you look at uh at the very bottom of uh, the article i made on it uh on the blog there's a picture of it uh in like yeah 30 centimeters of snow and that whole event that everything happened overnight it was crazy yeah (laughs) they should invest in like weather forecasting technology or something (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh, by the way since i since i'm there uh, talking about the blog etc i just want to say that um if you're listening to uh, the regular version of the show uh, being a Patreon will give you the extended version, but I also recently made somewhat of a new format slash episode with Amy Danger. Um, oh shit! Yeah, I haven't listened to it. Where we talked about uh, the the entire restoration process of her Sinelli Revolution, and it was really nice. It's a good episode. It's a little bit shorter format. It's 30, 40 minutes. And yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It's just Letting you know, guys, that uh, you have access to that was any tier of the Patreon, even I think the lowest tier is three euros. So, yeah. That was my little bit of advertisement. Not sponsored. But... Not sponsored. <laughs> Norse VPN, Squarespace, Red Channel Legends. None of them are sponsoring this show. We just sponsor ourselves now. Yeah. Brought to you by. <laughs> Brought to you by myself oh, and well, the other version. <laughs> All right. Is any one of you want to add something? Does any one of you want to add something? Yeah, I just sold my Sony lens, and now I want a Sony camera again. I'm so it's, I'm so annoyed with myself. <laughs> I'm so annoyed. I waited. I had this lens for months when I left Berlin. I was like, I'll buy a Sony. Then I was like, no, I'm going to move back to Canon. And now I've sold the lens. I'm now looking at Sony cameras. What's wrong with me? <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, whatever. Your body knows what it wants. Isn't it? Isn't it just fab? You know, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What were um, you, Fabian? Anything you want to add? What do I want to add? Well, it's nice to be back here. It's pretty fun, this episode. Oh, can we have so, you back more? Yeah, potentially. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to make any... <laughs> Busy as fuck. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why like, I'm a bit like apprehensive to making any promises I can't keep. But yeah, I would like to be back. Maybe like, let's say... Like, I'm not even going to say anything, but like, I would like to be back. Let's keep it at that. <laughs> I don't want to disappoint anyone, including myself. Yeah, I get that. Oh. Yeah, I hope everyone enjoys this episode. I, I really, really enjoyed this episode, to be honest, guys. It's, it's felt really nice. Um, and I did too. Uh, well, guys, that wraps up another episode of the Slosbin Side podcast. As always, everything we discussed today will be in the show notes on the blog, slusbysociety.com, along with the various articles and write-up I post every two weeks. Uh, last week, I posted uh, how I send and I transform my mash work into a single speed. Uh, I guess we'll talk <laughs> a little bit more about that in the after show. Uh, if you want to get... <laughs> If you get value out of the show, why not consider putting value back in? You can visit patreon.com slash podcast to join the community at pledging at any level. We're going to access to the extended cut of the pre and after show, as well as everything we post on the Patreon. Special thanks goes to our 27 Patreons uh, backing up into that crazy venture. That's the Slow Society. As always, thank you so much for your support. Thank you. 
can also find us on our Discord server. The invite link is also in the show notes. Always our Instagram account at Society. I go by at underscore Paul underscore you and Rob by at Kenzie.co. Actually, underscore Kenzie underscore. Did you change? I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, oh. had, a, I've had a right stress with the, with this recently. Yeah. So yeah, welcome yeah. to the underscore gang then. <laughs> <laughs> you know there's a guy called kenzie in scotland right oh no and i was like oh dude like i would really love i know it's a lot to ask but do you mind like can i use the name kenzie because that's my high school nickname it's my surname and that's what i kind of want to brand myself as and i have been but i could only get kenzie.co and he was like uh, and then he just started making jokes about being famous and then he was like trying to sell me it and oh, he, uh, yeah he was being a right dick to be honest and now he wants 500 pound for it and i was like well no i'm not going to give you 500 pound for it i've got no money to, I'm, I'm, I'm not in the position to buy a, do- a, a name on instagram <laughs> fucking hell mate i just ride my bike and take pictures of it i'm not he's like yeah but you're obviously trying to make money i was like okay okay thanks but no thanks thank you for being a dickhead and then then i lost the domain kenzie.co so kenzie.co is just out now so then i changed it underscore kenzie dot underscore ah yes yeah long story yeah well guys if you want to support us and uh rob into uh his venture (laughs) of buying a 500 pound name out of instagram then the easiest way is to share the podcast with your friend and giving us a good review on the platform of your choice. Yeah, sorry, I just ruined your outdoor there, Paul. Sorry. No. The music for the show is Lovely Swindler by Adam Maria, and the illustration is by me, guys. That was so smooth. No. The intro is a better one. You added some spice to it. Let's just say that. Exactly. Well, guys, we're going to go on to a good after show when I'm probably going to talk about my single speed and that crazy journey I went on. Um, yeah, we'll see you guys when we see you. Stay rad. Have a good time. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.